0: It's the week of the players. We'll have all the details for you coming up in today's show. Plus, we'll hear from Bryson DeChambeau. What he did on Saturday is causing a lot of people to take a very close look. We'll hear from him, and we'll hear from him post-victory at the API. Much to cover on today's show, including the LPGA. We are Fairways of Life Worldwide.
1: On this
0: Monday, there's a lot going on, obviously, in the world of golf this week because the players is taking place just up the road from where we are. And we're gonna talk about what's happening with weather. We're gonna talk about what's happening with the players that are in the field, and distinctively, a player that is not in the field. News came out late yesterday that Bryson DeChambeau has sprained his right knee. And as best I can tell, Dom, you tell me if you've heard differently. I cannot find anywhere where it tells us how he sprained his right knee, and it makes me wonder if that might be an injury that took place in the gym because he wasn't playing this week, and all of a sudden you hear that he can't play because of a sprained right knee. Have you heard anything different?
2: I have not heard anything different, no. I mean, obviously he's been struggling with a few injuries for the last what seems like couple years, and every time he's in a press conference, someone's asking him, you know, hey, what hurts today? So... It may be a, a nagging thing, but it very easily could have been something that happened in the gym, Matt.
0: That's the bummer about it, though, because he was, he was healthy again. He was playing well again. He was winning again. He was contending. And now this. He's, he's missing the flagship event for the PGA Tour this week. Dom will be going over weather for us this week up there as well, just to keep on top of everything that's going on. But as to Bryson... Pretty amazing. First of all, to this mini little clip that we've put together for you, where Bryson talks about when he had an opportunity to meet Arnold Palmer and what it
3: means to win the event that bears his name. Well, when I came here first as an amateur, I uh, walked up into his office and he was there, and we got a picture together, and um, we were uh, certainly—I was certainly excited to meet him for the first time, and. you know, not knowing he would leave a lasting impression on me that would last for the rest of my life. Uh, when he signed the book, he said, make it legible. And when he said that, that stuck to me, and I've done it ever since. And he's had an influence on me for the longest time and uh, will continue to do so for the rest of my life. Um, he's somebody that uh, I look up to and will continue looking up to.
0: So the conditions in Orlando this past weekend, particularly on Sunday, were pretty tough, windy. Uh, to, to think that he went out, Bryson shot uh, a 71 on that final round. In fact, his four-round scores were 67-71, 68-71 to finish on a mark 11 under par by one over Lee Westwood, who had a 73 in that final round. He did have a 65 on Saturday, in fairness to Lee. It was, I, I thought it was a very entertaining tournament all the way through because of the strength of the leaderboard and more, uh, not to mention what Bryson did on Saturday at the sixth hole. Uh, now, and, and I will get to that as well, but I'm using all this as a lead up to the fact that Earl Forcey and Mark Wilson were anchoring the coverage for PGA Tour radio. And guys, I don't know how else to explain the conditions, particularly in the final round, other than to say that when you get hit by the winds coming from both directions in the peninsula that is Florida and here in central Florida, you're right in the middle of the state and getting it from both sides. Uh, It was a battle out there.
1: Matt, thanks. It was a battle at Bay Hill Club and Lodge in Orlando for the final round of the Arnold Palmer Invitational presented by Mastercard. Mark Wilson was alongside our analyst. It was a Bryson DeChambeau win. Mark his second of the season, but it wasn't easy on a tough golf course on Sunday.
4: Not easy indeed. And and Bay Hill played the most difficult on uh, Sunday, uh, certainly playing to a stroke average over seventy-five and. Uh, we knew it was going to be survival of the fittest. In the end, only three guys shot under par, and Bryson DeChambeau was one of them. And, yeah, the par fives are where he, uh, he kind of dominated. Only two guys bettered him in terms of par fives for the week. He was 10 under on those, but it was the par threes. He didn't make a single bogey all week on those difficult par threes at Bay Hill. Led the field by playing those things. Four under par, so, yeah, we're going to see pictures of him with the the red cardigan on and the trophy, but it's going to be hard to go past the moment on number six on Saturday with him raising his hands into the air like uh, he'd already won the tournament when he cleared the water on that par five
1: and hit a longer one, 377, on Sunday. So he did it twice on the re- weekend in route to the win. And now he's got two wins a U.S. Open title and uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational presented by MasterCard. And he goes uh, to TPC Sawgrass, I'm guessing is one of the favorites for next week in the Players' Championship.
4: No question, but TPC Sawgrass can bring all different players in, in the mix. You've got to be pretty precise off the tee, more so than a lot of the courses. Uh, length is not a huge advantage, but uh, Bryson's cert- certainly showing that he uses that uh to his advantage almost every week, but a really impressive performance by Lee Westwood, too, to kind of hang in the mix there and try to get another win for some of those uh, nearing 50 guys. You know, Stewart Singh won, won earlier in the year, then Brian Gay, and, and I thought Lee Westwood was maybe going to get it done, and he fought to the very end.
1: And who else was in the mix, of course, on the weekend? Again, Jordan Spieth. so that's a good sign. It, it's probably coming. Another win for him soon just wasn't this weekend.
4: The putter was hot. Uh, the the third round uh, had an ace even a hold bunker shot. Uh, the putter was also hot. And then on Sunday, it just kind of cooled off a little bit. Got off to a good start, was one under early, and and then just a bunch of bogeys coming in. But he still got to take some positives out of being in contention. Uh, doesn't isn't hitting as many foul balls as, as he has in the past. So uh, Jordan Spieth is is certainly. Um, Peaking at the right time uh, as he gets into the Players Championship next week, and then of course that place he loves in Georgia.
1: Be interesting to see him maybe break back through and end that drought next week at TPC Sawgrass. Matt's Matt, that's where we are next. Coming up, big week at the Players Championship starting on Thursday.
0: Uh, Earl Forsythe and Mark Wilson, thank you very much, gents from PGA Tour Radio. It is upon us, Players Week. We're really excited about all of the content that will be coming. Out of the players this week, and that includes. Let me see the the press conference schedule today. Uh, Rory is first up at 9 a.m., so just under an hour from now. Justin Thomas at 9:30. Bryson DeChambeau scheduled at 10 a.m. John Rahm at 10:30. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan at 11 a.m. All these times are Eastern. Webb Simpson at noon. Uh, Colin Murakawa at 3 p.m. this afternoon. Uh, Dustin Johnson at 3.30 p.m. Xander Shoffley at 4 p.m. this afternoon. If you're with us on the television side, you can see the press conference schedule displayed there. So for Bryson DeChambeau, first of all, I'll give you the stats of what he did in his final round. Then I want to talk to you about what he did at the par 5-6 when he... when he apps. Went for the green and, and everything that went with it. Uh, six birdies and two bogeys for for Bryson in that final round. Eleven fairways, twelve greens, and twenty eight putts. It, it to some extent, when you're talking about fairways and greens, it's a little tough to judge because of the severity of of the conditions and how hard that wind was blowing. That three hundred and seventy yard drive at the sixth was the longest drive of that hole since stats began being kept. In 2003, the previous long drive was 360 yards by DeShambeau in the final round of 2020. McElroy hit a 360-yard drive there on Saturday, as you know. And when he did it, you know, uh, I'll let Bryson explain it to you, but, but the raised arms, the, the, the euphoria, the triumph, sure, it made it fun, but there was a reason as well.
3: No doubt. It was purely a, a, a reaction that just came about out of nowhere. It wasn't anything pre-planned. It just, it was a pure reaction out of trying to hit it as far as I possibly can. And, and I think one of the things too, to note when I'm doing my speed training sessions, there are some times where I'm doing stuff like that, where it's really emotional. I'm hitting as hard as I can like, yeah, let's go. Uh, so I, I feel like when I hit that one really hard, that was just my raw emotion of saying, go, come on, clear the water. Uh, so that was that was definitely fun. I think that, yes, there is an entertaining part of it. We are the PGA Tour, and uh, I do believe that we are amazing entertainers, and we, we show uh, the world why we're the best. And I, it's, it's fun to certainly do so and do it in a manner that's a little different than what's been done before.
0: Are you not entertained? All right, par 5-6-hole. In the first round, his drive was 309 yards. He made birdie. In the second round, his drive was 327 yards. He'd made par on that one. Now, radar stats from the sixth hole on Saturday with that shot. His club head speed was 136.7. His ball speed was 195.5. His distance to, and that's miles per hour, mind you, his distance to impact was 346.7. He led the field in strokes gained off the tee at 5.8. Strokes gained tee to green at 10.1. Think about that. His fifth appearance at the event, he finished solo fourth at the event last year, and his best finish at the API is a solo second in 2018 to Rory McIlroy prior to victory. He finished tied for 22nd last week at the WGC Workday. He has one win, the 2020 U.S. Open, and three top tens on the PGA Tour season. Remember, it's a wraparound season. I know I always remind you guys that, but it, it started last fall. And seven PGA Tour wins overall, and of course the one prior to this one, was the 2020 U.S. Open. So what we have for you coming up is Bryson's best of press conference, which I'm going to get to in just a little bit as well, because whether you like Bryson or don't like Bryson, I I had somebody sending me texts yesterday and talking about, you know, where Bryson fits in, good and bad, uh, both ends of the spectrum, because I realized that he has both ends of the spectrum and saying where he fits in and saying, well, you know, he's doing things like, like driving the six and sure, as he put it, that's going to entertain. It's going to, it's going to draw some eyeballs in and, and maybe a lot of fans for him. Uh, But this particular person was, was uh, posturing the the theory that if Patrick Reed holds a position of being maybe the most disliked on tour, uh, I don't actually know whether he holds that position or not. What do you guys think? But if he does, Second to that could be Bryson DeChambeau, and that's notwithstanding that they may have fans on the other end of the spectrum. I just thought it was an interesting comparison. When You don't often hear that in golf, a comparison made of who's the most popular. That happens, that's talked about all the time. But on the other end of it, who isn't? And doesn't it provide more color to the whole spectrum uh, the, the, the kaleidoscope of what is sport in general, but definitely in golf in particular, when you have the people that you think are good guys and the people that you think are bad guys. I always smile a little bit at that because I, don't, I never think that the people that you think are bad guys are as bad as you think they are because we don't know them that well. So we try to get to know them a little better and, and see who they really are. At the LPGA drive-on. It was a win for Austin Ernst, our friend. She felt like she was playing well. She felt like it was coming on. And with rounds of 67, 67, 69, and 70, she was able to get it done. Here is Austin Ernst immediately following the victory, talking about the significance of the same. Going wire-to-wire wire is
5: really cool. Um, I even I told Jason last night it would be really cool to win wire-to-wire. And uh, glad I didn't jinx myself. But, um, yeah, I think it's just really cool to um, be in the heat of it all week and to be able to perform the way I did and then to hit the shots I hit and to shoot the scores I shot. Um, I think it's just kind of testament to me um, that I I can do this week in and week out. Um, and just if I have a little belief in myself, kind of what I can what I can do. Is this the best
6: golf of your life right now?
5: I think so. I think in the last year um I've played better than I ever have. Um I think when I don't play well, I manage it much better. Mm-hmm. Um when I don't when I'm not quite firing on all cylinders, but I think you know the control I have with my putter um I've always been a pretty good chipper. I feel like I'm a very good chipper now. Um and then I feel like I have a really good feel for my swing. I feel it, the most in control of my game I ever have. Um I think ball striking wise, driving the ball, I drove the ball fantastic today. And that's kind of been the thing that if if anything holds me back, that kind of holds me back sometimes. I don't hit fairways all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I hit a lot of really good tee shots and hit a lot of good iron shots today.
7: When did you start thinking about the Olympics, uh, trying to qualify?
5: Um, I mean, I feel like last year, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of 1920. I kind of know, I don't really know how the Rolex rankings work, but (laughs) I know that they're like a (laughs) two-year thing. So I think in 19, you're kind of like, all right, you know, this is kind of important. And then didn't have a good year in 19, and I had a great year last year. Um, and then I kind of I check it every now and then, um, kind of know where I am. But I feel like that's one of those goals that is a higher goal for me, and it's very beginning of the season oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a good goal for me. I think it, it kind of keeps me striving to try to get in contention more and more. And, you know, if I, can, if I can do that, then maybe that happens. I don't know how it works. I don't know exactly what I have to do. But I think it's a a big goal for me to have, and I, I like that. What would it mean to you? I think it would be unbelievable. I mean, if you talk to any athlete, and if you're talking to somebody and they said, oh, yeah, I'm an Olympian, I think that's really cool. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, as a, as a golfer, it was never a thing that – when I was a little kid, I never dreamed of it, never could do it. Um, but I think it would be really cool to do it.
0: I think it was really cool what she did. She ended up winning by five, and – Dom, I know you've got to feel the same way. It's, it's exciting when it's, it kind of feels like it's one of our people because she was, she was part of Beyond the Rope series. And now to see her win and win so emphatically the way that she did at the LPGA drive-on, it feels good.
2: Oh, yeah, it's great. I, I, I have to be honest, and she talked a little bit about it there. The most exciting part to me is knowing that someone like her is going to be on the Solheim Cup team yeah. and the forum that she's in. And it, it just gets me excited because the last Solheim Cup was so exciting. And obviously we're not supposed to root, but I'm rooting for the U.S. So well, <laughs> I would love to see the U.S. bounce back and really be strong competition at the next Solheim Cup. And, um, you know, with the likes of Jennifer show who, who finished runner-up to Austin this weekend, she's been playing really good golf. She's burst onto the steam. You see how Austin's winning by five shots. So it's exciting to see the quarters playing great. I mean... It's really it's a good, very very good sign here for, for the U.S. Solheim Cup team coming up later this year.
0: I think it's a good sign for golf in general. So the leaderboard at the LPGA Drive on Austin Ernst finishing on 15 under par, Jennifer Cupcho at 10 under, uh, Jenny Coleman at eight under par. That was your top three. Ingy Chun alone in fourth at seven under par, uh, top the leaderboard now. Two Jennifer Cupcho finishing. On 10 under par, you remember when we last were together on this show, we were playing you the sound that she was dealing with the, the migraines. This shows you, if, if it wasn't enough to watch her when she was competing at the Augusta National Women's Amateur, but this shows you how tough a competitor she is. She finished second. Yeah, it was five shots clear, but she finished second in this event. I think great things are ahead for Jennifer Cup Show. Let's find out what her assessment was of the week that was.
5: Um, it's amazing. I mean, I didn't start very well last year, um, after COVID happened and everything. So really just to come off of a break, it's nice to be able to see that I can come off of a break strong. Yeah. I mean, um, I think all of us are trying to get on that Solheim Cup team and, uh, that definitely brings the best out of all of us working really hard, um, to get on that. So I think that's the main thing. And, um, I think that's why we're all playing so strong right now.
0: She is playing strong indeed. It was a very, very impressive performance. So we have a ton coming up for you on the Fairways of Life show today, including what do you think the assessment was, and I'll go into the details of it, for Jordan Spieth in the week that was. And what do you think the assessment was for Rory McIlroy for the week that was? Because both of them lend themselves to casting forward and saying, how do you think they're going to do today? Now, Jordan has said many times, which is interesting because, He's contended to win. Think about when Martin Keimer's victory at the player. But he doesn't claim to play all that well or to be all that comfortable. I don't want to speak for him. He'll be speaking to the media himself at the TPC Sawgrass Stadium course. And then you have Rory McElroy, who is still the defending champion because last year, remember, they only made it a day and then COVID shut it all down. Yet... All of that is a long-winded way of building up to the fact that you have two players here that, while they finished right next to each other in the leaderboard, are polar opposite in terms of how they assess what happened, where their mind and game is at heading into what is a very, very important week. I know that your game is important to you. BenHoganGolf.com is where you can log on and you can see all of the exceptional equipment that carries the name of Ben Hogan etched right into the metal. I know how proud you will be to slip these clubs into your golf bag and to do it knowing that it's packed with all of the modern technology and knowing that you didn't have to remortgage the house in order to get this equipment because the relationship is direct between you and Ben Hogan Golf. That direct relationship will save you substantially and you'll get exactly what you want because, well, Ben Hogan Golf is your tour truck. Check it out today at BenHoganGolf.com. Back with more of the Fairways of Life show with some really big names waiting in the wings. The best golf experiences are the unique ones that combine breathtaking beauty, inspiring designs, and refined luxuries. Streamsong Resort, conveniently located in Central Florida, is unlike any golf experience you've ever had. Award-winning courses by Corin Crenshaw, Tom Doak, and Gil Hans will challenge and amaze in a dunescape you'll swear cannot exist in Florida. Awaken your senses, then, at their opulent spa or enjoy world-class bass fishing, archery, or clay shooting. The options are endless, and you can cap it all off with luscious and distinctive culinary choices to delight any palate. Visit StreamSongResort.com today to plan your golf trip. That's everything that you would want and nothing like you've ever experienced. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain in the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers, but now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit 360.com. Feel better, do better, be
1: better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammons. You Country Club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando.
0: Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Delight to have your company on this Monday, Players Week. We're going to be talking about that as well as everything going on in the world of golf. A major champion coming up on the program in just a moment. But first of all, let's hear from one who for a long time it was focused on the fact that he wasn't a major champion. He was knocking on the door many, many times, and he was knocking on the door again yesterday, even in his dotage. Lee Westwood finished only one shot behind Bryson DeChambeau, and I know Bryson DeChambeau is just the nature of who he is, as he calls himself an entertainer. Uh, it seems as though all the light in the universe is focused on what Bryson is doing, because that's who he is. That's the way that he channels his competitive spirit. But Again, Lee only finished one shot back, but when he had a chance to talk about what was, a lot of the questions were about the guy that beat him by one stroke in Bryson.
9: Yeah, I mean, it's great to watch. I, li- I like it. You know, he's obviously, you can see the shape of him. He's worked hard in the gym, and, uh, you know, he's worked on his technique to hit it a long way, and it's not easy to hit it that as straight as he hits it, um, as far as he hits it. So, you know, people are going to have advantages and, and is, is obviously length he can overpower a golf course so uh, it's fun to watch I think.
8: Lee I uh, think a lot of people think a way to combat c- combat distance from a course setup standpoint is grow the rough shrink the fairways but then Bryson went and won at Wingfoot he won here is there anything that can be done to kind of mitigate uh, some, of, some of his well, it, distance? It's definitely not to make golf courses longer
9: that'll just play into you'll have everybody trying to hit it as far as they can um, you know I think it's nice that Bryson does what does what he does and that, you know he's unique to doing that I think if everybody did it then you know I think it would kind of get out of control but yeah making golf courses you know growing the rough there's there's an art to you know he hit some shots out of the rough today like 9 and, and 15 there's an art to judge, judging a lie and uh, you know Seeing how it's going to come out and where it's what it's, if it's going to release or not whether it's going to come out soft um, that's that's all part of the game. I think golf's in a good place. I don't know where where everybody uh, you know is panicking about. I think uh, you know it's uh, it's exciting to watch right now. There's a lot of different you know combinations. You've got Bryson obviously, and then you know I suppose myself who's nearly 48 can still contend with people like Dustin Johnson and. Colin Morikawa winning last week, young young lad. He, you know, he, it's a a long way, but you wouldn't say he's he's it's miles. And then you've got Rory and uh, people like that. Look, Rory's game's great to watch. So golf's in a healthy place. If you ask me, I don't I don't see uh, the big problem the big issue that everybody's making. Okay. I knew and and I knew you know when you play with Bryson, when I'm playing with Bryson, I'm not going to go out there and uh, and go blow for blow with him. You know, sure. some people you know can do that and. And will do that, but you know that's that's the way for me to play myself out of out of a tournament. You know, I, I know he's going to go left. I don't know if you saw me. I hit mine and then I gave it the like that. <laughs> Just had a bit of fun with it, you know. I, I, you know, I, I hit that. It was a little bit in off the right. I think I got it out there about three ten, three fifteen down there. So you know, only seventy or eighty behind him, won't I? He's got the benefit of the angle. <laughs>
8: Yeah, that that uh, crowd at six once he found land kind of reminded me of like a goal at Emirates or something like that. Uh, was that the loudest celebration you've ever seen off a tee box? For a drive. Yeah.
2: Um,
9: yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the anticipation there. People want him to go for it, and there'll come a time when he aims further left, won't there? And, uh, maybe in a practice round next year or the pro am, he'll go straight at the green, not not chicken out
0: and go right at that trap. <laughs> I don't think he chickened out. Yeah, that, that was for sure. I, I love hearing Lee Westwood speak. Maybe it's because of his veteran uh, status, but I think it's probably more a reflection just of his, of his personality. Uh, first of all, there's a lot of wisdom there, but he's not afraid to give you his opinion. And it, I, it's like it is with a lot of the young players that, that are full of a lot of candor, and you're going to hear that coming up in, in, with Jordan and Rory McIlroy. I just, I appreciated hearing from, from uh, Lee Westwood and even even the part where he said, you put his hands up too. He said, Did you see me do that? That was fun. All right, Corey Connors is a player that a lot of people are keeping very close eye on because he played so well. You remember when Corey had his win on tour, it was at the Valero Texas Open back in 2019. He Monday qualified for that win. In fact, he's the last Monday qualifier to win a PGA Tour event. He was 10 under on the par fives this week, even par in aggregate on all the rest. So for Corey Connors to come close, to actually sniff the possibility and the prospect of victory in a great field and a very difficult golf course, here's what Corey had to say following.
8: Yeah, it was a challenge. Uh, definitely a battle out there. I uh, made, made some nice uh, saves of the round Um, just uh, didn't get the putts to fall today the greens were rolling really fast Uh, the balls seemed to never stop Uh, so it was very challenging Um, gave myself uh, gave myself a shot made a really great eagle on 16 that uh, you know felt pretty good and um, bogey the last two wasn't great but really uh, really challenging golf holes Uh, I'm sure I wasn't the only one. When you made the eagle on 16, how aware were you of where you stood at that point? Yeah, I, I knew it got me uh, within striking distance. I didn't really look at the boards too much uh, throughout the day. I just wanted to stick to my game plan and um, knew that you couldn't really force anything out there because that's where you get yourself into trouble. Um, but uh, I knew at that point that I was uh, you know, pretty close and tried to give myself a, a chance on the last couple. A lot of positive things. I struck the ball really well. Um, I was really patient. I felt confident about my game. So uh, I'm really excited uh, where things are at uh, heading into next week.
0: All right. So taking a look at the top 10 from the Arnold Palmer Invitational, Bryson DeChambeau finishing on 11 under par in first place. Second place was Lee Westwood at 10 under par. Corey Connors, who you just heard from, finishing Alone in third at eight under par, Corey with a 74 in that final round, which he described as a battle. Remember, Lee at a 73. It was very difficult conditions yesterday. It was very windy here in Central Florida, and obviously that would have impacted the play in Ocala and the LPGA as well. Tied for fourth were scores of six under par, Andrew Putnam, Richie Wierenski, Wierenski with a 73 in the final round. Uh, tied for fourth as well, Jordan Spieth, who you're going to hear from on the Fairways of Life show this morning. Seventh, Christian Buzadenhout. Uh, he finished at 500. Jordan finished at six under. if I forgot to mention it. Tied for eighth, four under par scores. Chris Kirk, Jason Kokrak. Kirk with a 74. Uh, Jason had the exact same score. Tied for tenth, Will Zalatoris, which, you know, Will Zalatoris has been getting a lot of attention this season because people see tremendous amount of potential in him. But I thought that top 10 was a pretty quiet top 10. When you get right down to it, he finished with a a weekend rounds of 72 and 72, a tie for 10th as well, which was great given the fact that he's coming off recent success. Max Homa finished on three under par. Paul Casey finished three under par. Uh, Homa and Casey both had 74s in the final round. Charlie Hoffman went 67 on Saturday and a 75 on Sunday, uh, still finished at top 10 at 3 under par. Again, if it's possible to have a quiet top 10, I would say that was a quiet top 10. Also in the top 10 at 3 under par, Tommy Fleetwood with a 77 in the final round. Keegan Bradley with a 78 yesterday. This speaks to how difficult the conditions were. And Rory McElroy with a 76 on that Sunday, yet still finished at 3 under. Uh, rounds of 72 and 76, uh, mind you, on the weekend. Still finished 3-under and in a tie for 10th. That is a look at your top 10. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're scheduled to be joined by a major champion, a friend, someone whose voice uh, is greatly respected, certainly by me and many, many others. TourEdge.com. Log on there when you get an opportunity. You can see all the products that are making a name for themselves and have been for a couple of decades. Their new C721 line that we've just started creating the videos for for their website It's really awesome stuff. They've got a heavy weight on the sole, which is going to bring down and move back to center of gravity for a higher initial launch angle, and tons of carbon on the crown and on the sole so they can move discernible weight around. All that equals performance. You can see that performance for yourself by logging on to touredge.com. Don't forget, everything they sell is backed by a lifetime warranty. Think about that for a second. How many companies that you do business with are willing to back their products and services with a lifetime warranty? Back with more of the Fairways of Life show when we're joined by a major champion after these words. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, Experience. Log on to BoingGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital.
2: Come to where history meets luxury at the family friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there is something for everyone
0: What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with thegolftravelgroup.com.
6: It screams.
1: It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B, the Tour Ball, reinvented.
0: Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear, and where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATOURSUPERSTORE.COM to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Monday. Pleasure to have your company from wherever around the globe you're joining us on this Monday, in which we're recounting everything that took place in the week that was, plus looking forward to the week that will be. On the PGA Tour, it's the week of the players, the flagship event. No doubt, Karen Stupples is a name that you're all very familiar with, but sometimes it's easy to forget when you hear the voices and see the faces to recall just how incredibly good they were as players. As well, Karen Stupples won on the LPGA Tour. She won on the LET. She is a major champion. She won the 2004 Women's Open. At the time, it was called the Weetabix Women's British Open at the time. Have you had your Weetabix this morning to get strong? In her time on the LPGA Tour, she finished inside the top 50 in the money list eight times. She collected 32 top 10s, five of which came in major championships. She represented Europe on two Solomon Cup teams in 2005 and in 2011. Her Insight truly comes from an understanding of this game at its highest level, and it is why it's such a pleasure to get to watch and hear her calling action whenever she does, but certainly uh, this week as well. Uh, last week on the LPGA Tour, this week helping cover, cover the players. Plus, it's always great to have a major champion joining us at any time and a friend. Uh, Karen, welcome. I guess you're, uh, you're in the RV getting ready to move.
7: I am. Well, actually, I am very much enjoying myself just sitting here talking to you uh, whilst Jerry Fultz is out there working behind the scenes, putting all the hoses away, getting all the cables tucked in. And uh, so he's working away and I'm just uh, leisurely chatting.
0: I love that you're leisurely chatting. So when you guys are on site, is it, is it a COVID thing? Do you, do you choose where you can to bring the RV with you and then you can just live right right out of the shell?
7: Uh, I mean, we personally love the RV. I mean, I, when I played on tour um, I had you know, with my son, it was just so much more convenient for me to drive around in the RV, I had a little dog, we could take hold home with us, and it was just perfect to go ahead and take the RV. And so this has just been with me since my uh, playing days. And it's just recently we've just decided to take it back out on the road. It's just nice because eating out is just such a – has been such a pain because of COVID that we just yeah. cook in now in the RV and we love the camp life. And it's uh, it's pretty cool actually just to, just to have a little home, home away from home. And it seems more spacious too. We've got couches, we can recline on and, you know, we're quite happy with the TVs and everything. It's pretty cool. Even got a washer dryer in here. So all mud cons in my RV.
0: It's perfect. You know, so much talk was held over the last few hours about the wind conditions out at Bay Hill. Uh, you obviously were dealing with the same thing up in Ocala. How difficult the final round was it, and what kind of reflection does this have on the victory by Austin Ernst?
7: Well, I think Austin really went out of the gates trying to clinch victory. I mean, she she didn't hold back. She went out. She had four birdies in a row on the front line, and then everybody else was kind of left reeling, you know, knowing that it was going to be a really big uphill battle in, as you said, some really difficult conditions. Here in Ocala, there are some really big trees lining all the fairways, so you get a lot of swirling winds. And much has been talked about that the replica holes um, that, that are very similar to Augusta National and the, the, the 11th hole here is like the 12th hole of Augusta, and it's very similar in that the wind swirls around there. And uh, then right. you have the 12th, which is like the 13th, again, you get those swirling winds, and it makes it very difficult for the players to. to into their clubs to be really precise with where they're landing. And the Greens here this week was so firm because they're so new. Um, that that really you had to judge the pitch and roll. And it could be nasty wins landing it landing it where we wanted to was, was very difficult. So all in all, Austin O's performance was just simply starting yesterday.
0: Yeah and it, it's such a great win for her too and it speaks to the depth of the game both here on the PGA tour we had Lee Westwood finishing his stroke behind Bryson DeChambeau, There we have Austin Ernst breaking through with a great win uh, up in Ocala. It's just, it's interesting to me that the game of golf is so represented at both ends of the spectrum. Karen, and, I, and I'm curious what your thoughts are about the variety, the diversity of the game of golf, and that it can be a young player today, but it may be a veteran campaigner tomorrow.
7: I would not think golf, uh, so much of it is about shared life and how good you are to yourself when you're actually playing. Um, somebody like Lydia, who, who starts a professional career winning tournaments at 15, might only have a certain shelf life, you know, to get to, say, 30, 35. Whereas somebody who starts at 25 might have a longer career because there's only so much mental torture you can put yourself through when you're playing professional golf. Um, I do believe that there are players that get little renaissances into it. I think we're seeing like Lee Westwood. I mean, I think he's about 48. He's obviously highly competitive. He's, you know, invigorated having his his wife on the again now. And I think that's, that's nice for them to have each other out on the golf course. I think that helps. But he's also got to have an eye towards the, the PJ Tour champions as well. I mean, that, that career is looming for him too. So it's kind of nice that you get these little renaissances into it um, that kind of reinvigorate players across the board. But at some point, those little the reasons of playing championship golf are, you know, do take this toll on you mentally. And you develop ton of scar to you because let's face it you lose way more than you ever win and we're such perfectionists I mean Morgan Russell did great yesterday on a broadcast he said that you know uh, Austin Ernst let go of, of trying to be so perfect and I wonder just how many players careers would be different if they had let go of that same thing if they stopped trying to be so perfect how many players would have had a much better career had they done that
0: it's a fascinating observation, actually, uh, Karen, and it's interesting, too, in light of here we were talking about Lee Westwood, and during the broadcast yesterday on NBC, they referenced the fact that Lee said in his 30s he took it too seriously, which, which speaks to the same philosophy that you're speaking of, and that now at his 40s, he's letting it go. He's, he's enjoying the experience yeah. and, and taking it one shot at a time, quite literally, Impressive. Now, this week, I know that you're part of the coverage at dinner with Mark Carnevale on Saturday night. And uh, I said to say hi, but I know you're working with him coming up this week at the players. Uh, I'm just looking at the forecast and it's looking pretty good. It's sunny to mostly sunny every day. uh, And I guess maybe more importantly, once you get on the other side of of knowing that it's not going to be any inclement weather, then it comes down to the winds that close to the sea and it looks like it's it's forecast to be fairly benign if it holds, somewhere around, on average, 10 miles per hour. Uh, I guess the, the general net, the wide net to cast then, Karen, would be to ask you, what kind of a week are you expecting in terms of playing conditions facing the players?
7: Well... I- I mean, this is always. The, I mean, this is what makes the players so great. Um, really, anybody has an opportunity to win on that golf course. Uh, it doesn't really suit any one particular player except the person that's hitting the ball the best that week. I know that sounds very obvious to say, but uh, a lot of times you can play and you can win on tournaments when really you're, you know you can spray it around the whole golf course, but uh, you can't do that around salt grass. So. Um, Obviously, even at 10 miles per hour on that golf course, it can make it quite a challenge. If you think about 16 and 17 in in particular, um, it just swirls around those holes and and buying into your club selection becomes a a huge deal um, when you're standing on those tee shots and those shots into the green. So definitely that to take into consideration. The fact that it's not going to have rain there for a while might create little firmer conditions too for the players, which I always like as a bit of a challenge. Um, And and I said, I'm I'm just looking forward to to the competition because we're going to see a very varied leaderboard, I believe, this year.
0: Fascinating stuff. You, uh, I believe, are doing featured group coverage, if I'm not not mistaken, just trying to think back on what Carney said. What are your plans for the week?
7: Well, this week uh, we're doing a a practice round show on Wednesday. So Carney and I will be out on the golf course together uh, following a couple of practice groups and really letting everybody know what players do during a practice round because we don't often get a chance to see that and it's a very specific set of criteria that players are looking for when they're out there on a the practice round. They're getting the feel for the grasses around the greens, the chipping, the speed, the slopes, uh, what angles they want to maybe take into these greens or, or maybe to avoid or, or where they can be aggressive and where they, where they can't be aggressive. So there's, you know, particularly on tour grounds, that's going to be a bit of an issue. So we'll watch players work, we'll watch them with their coaches, we'll maybe see some of the swing, swing changes that, that will be in effect or what they're working on. Then uh, Thursday I'll be in the studio and Friday I'll be on the course, Saturday I'll be on the course and then Sunday I'll be back in the studio. So PJ Tour Entertainment really do a great job of uh, giving me a nice variety of, uh, of jobs to keep me occupied.
0: There is no doubt about that. Now, next time you see Jerry, tell him he needs to get on the roof of the RV with a piece of a, a, a foil and, and an antenna because the, your Wi-Fi has been breaking up on us. So next time we are together, Karen, we'll actually do it for a longer period of time if you would allow. But we do thank you for your time today as ever.
7: You're welcome. I could try and send him up now if you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Report on it later on. We'll talk to you this week. Have fun.
7: Cheers, Matt. Thank you.
0: See, you, bye. All right, so as you guys heard me talking about kind of players at a spectrum if you will. So, Jordan Speith clearly has been playing well. Jordan Speith clearly has been knocking on the door. And these two cuts that you're about to hear from Jordan Spieth, who ended up finishing tied for fourth at six under par, to Rory McIlroy, who finished tied for tenth at three under par. And Andrew, let's go back to back on these two, because I, I want the contrast of what you're about to hear. If I had to summarize it, I would say in Jordan Spieth, you're watching a player on the ascent of confidence, a ray of sunshine. And in the case of Rory McIlroy, you'd be the judge, but it's clearly a player that's still searching thought I played really
6: well. Um, thought I played a really solid round of golf. I mean, I trusted a lot of tough shots, hit a lot of good ones, um, hit my lines on just about every putt and just nothing went in and then uh, finishing five, five, four, five, just that stings. You know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be, um, you probably gotta shoot even or under par on those last four to have a chance from the position I was in and um, I gave myself enough opportunities to do so and uh, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I, am I'm, I'm very happy with the way that I played the round today, knowing going out, it was going to be really challenging. And it just wasn't my day. I mean, I hit right lift, left, right, lip, left, lip, high lip, low lip. I mean, it was, um, greens got super crusty and it was just, I mean, the couple that I made, I thought I missed and the ones I thought I made I missed it was, a, it was weird. It was, and, and I really, I thought I played better th- today than I did any of those Sundays as well. Um, if you know, at the beginning of the day, he told me I was gonna, you know, be even through ten and be being hit driver in the middle of the fairway on eleven and on twelve. I'd have, I'd have thought I was gonna win the golf tournament. And uh, I, again, I, I put the ball exactly where I wanted to on just about every single shot and putt, and it came out to seventy-five somehow. But uh, um, that does, that's not gonna happen every time if I, if I do if I play the way I did today. It's gonna be it's gonna be really good going forward. I wouldn't have changed anything that I did. I mean, I made the right decisions, made the right swings, hit the putts where I wanted to. And again, typically when I do that, it turns out well. It was just one of those days where I'm not going to, you know, look back on this Sunday versus any of, you know, the previous three on the West Coast. I mean, this was a, I played a lot better golf today, even though the score doesn't show
3: that. Sounds like you're taking a lot of positives out of this week.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, currently finishing five, five, four, five, I kind of want to go break something, but I will um, look back very positively at the way that, you know, my attitude today, the way I was walking, the confidence that I took into every single shot. Um, again, that's going to serve me well going forward. I made it, I made a step in the right direction today, regardless of the result.
10: Uh, it was, it was really tough. Um, you know, especially later on in the day, you know, if you, it's hard, right. With the overseed and the Bermuda greens that if you miss a fairway, um, you're really wanting to land the ball short of the green but because of the overseat it's not really bouncing up on for you but then if you land it on the green it goes over the back so it just it just got real tricky uh which which obviously put a premium on uh putting the ball on the fairway and then you could get some spin and some control but yeah it was it was tough it was a grind um yeah you know everyone sort of is is feeling it
3: How do you feel about your game going into next week at the players, being that you're still the defending champ? Yeah. I
10: feel okay. There's some good parts this week again. Um, Some stuff that I'm sort of – I don't know what the the word is or how to describe it, but just a little dejected or, I don't know, like maybe – like maybe looking to go in a different direction. I don't know. I need something. I need a spark. I need something. Um, And I just don't seem to have it. Some days it's good. Some days it's not. Uh, So, you know, I'll get up there uh, tomorrow, get some practice in, and get ready for for next week.
0: Dejected and looking to go in a little bit of a different direction. That was a direct quote there. I just thought it was fascinating. I thought you guys would enjoy watching those two cuts back-to-back to get a sense of mindset. Now, mindset for player can change very quickly. Uh, either they find something or maybe some ounce of perspective kicks in from something outside of it all. However you judge it, right now, if, if you were, and it's funny to say that in, in sports and golf now, I'm saying if you were a betting man because, or a betting person probably because it's happening so much more often in, in the game than ever before, uh, but if you were, uh, figuratively, maybe literally, then it sounds like Jordan Spieth would be one to watch in the week that lies ahead. But can you ever really bet against Rory McIlroy? Because he even adds, to use his word again, as dejected as he was in that instance. And when he was speaking, he still finished in the top 10. Absolutely fascinating stuff. So, yeah, Dom, what are his finishes when, when when we take a look at it? Now, bearing in mind the mindset that he just expressed.
2: Well, for someone who's dejected, his his game doesn't seem dejected because these are just like his last eight or ten events. Uh, tenth, tenth, he just finished tenth. Tied for sixth, missed cut. Tied for thirteenth, tied for sixteenth, third, tied for fifth, tied for eighth, tied for seventh, tied for seventeenth. That doesn't sound like a guy who is searching, who has no idea where his game is. I mean, that looks to me like someone who's playing pretty solid. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. It's amazing to me, having been doing this for so many years now, how important confidence is to getting over that hump because all these guys have the game. They all have the game. And that's one of the things that I've loved so much about our Beyond the Ropes series and getting to talk to these players at length. You really hear directly from them how huge, you know, like back-to-back top tens is just to your confidence. You know, right, back-to-back top tens, that third week, they're, like, in contention, just based almost entirely on confidence. Uh, so it's definitely interesting. But, I mean, I it's it's what's interesting to me about it is, like, if you're a betting man, right? Here we go. I just read you all these finishes. Good finishes. He's playing well, in theory. But then you listen to him talk. If you listen to that press conference, you would not bet one cent on him this week. Not one cent. You'd be like, oh, man, I'm not... A- Stay away from that, from a 10-foot pole. He's dejected. He can't find his swing. He's searching. That's not a good sign. But his game seems to be okay. I don't know what – there's a disconnect for sure.
0: Well, we'll see how it plays itself out. He is one of those that will be speaking. In fact, he's first up in addressing the media tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Then behind him, Justin Thomas at 9.30. Bryson DeChambeau at 10 a.m. John Rahm at 10:30 a.m. All these times are Eastern. Uh, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan will speak at 11 a.m. Webb Simpson at noon, Colin Morikawa at 3 p.m., Dustin Johnson at 3:30, and Xander Schauffele will be at 4 p.m. That's just Tuesday. There is a ton of content that will be coming your way, and we will have all of it for you right here in the Fairways of Life Show as we progress throughout the course of the week. But today's show was about everything that happened. Congratulations to Austin. Congratulations to Bryson with their respective victories. Thank you to Karen for joining us. Thank you to Dom and Andrew for doing a great job setting it all up. And please don't forget our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore. They are the number one golf retailer in America for a reason. Yes, it has very much to do with the fact that if you're looking for it, they have it. But it also is a fact that when you walk into their stores, you want to make sure that the product that you get for you and your game is perfect for you and your game, and they are experts, and you can have the assurance of knowing that you're dealing with experts to ensure that whatever you buy is perfect. PJtoursuperstore.com, if you want to shop safely online, uh, you can pick it up curbside if you want to get it quicker, or you can safely shop with confidence inside the stores because of the extraordinary lengths they go through to make sure that the experience is one that you can feel comfortable with. Thank you, for having comfort with us today and spending some time. We appreciate it as ever. Looking forward to spending the rest of the week with you, in which we will be going through everything about the players. Bye for now.